everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Music Biz Weekly Podcast. I'm one of your two co-hosts, Michael Brandvold, and as always, I'm joined by Jay Gilbert. How are you doing today, Jay? Doing great. How are you? You getting excited for the Vikings? Oh, man. I'm going out to the season opener. Are you? Going Good out. You. Yep. Good for you. Yep. It's the uh, Falcons. I think it's September 8th. I'm really excited about Good it. Good deal. Um, so we want to remind everybody, <laughs> Music Biz Weekly Podcast is brought to you by some amazing sponsors. Absolutely. Hypebot.com, first and foremost. Thank you, Bruce, everybody over at Hypebot. Thank you, Bruce. And Bands in Town, who obviously recently purchased Hypebot. You guys are great. Check out bandsintown.com, hypebot.com. And, of course, we're brought to you by Bandzoogle. From garage bands to Grammy winners, Bandzoogle powers the websites for thousands of musicians around the world. Their simple step-by-step system will get you online in minutes. You attested to that last week, I think. Yes. We not only I'm sorry to cut you off. We not only did I build one, but I had an artist who doesn't have experience with web design or anything build a site this week and it went live and it's beautiful. So sweet. So you you can get it up online in minutes. You choose from dozens of mobile friendly templates. Customize your design and content in just a few clicks. Um, this is really important. Bandzoogle was built by musicians for musicians. It yep. has all the features you need for a band, artist, slash music website and EPK already built in, including merch and a download store to sell merchandise and music. And I love this. Commission-free tour calendar promote shows and sell tickets you can sell your own tickets commission free it's got a built-in mailing list integrations with social networks and of course really great musician friendly um, live support seven days a week plans for bandzoogle start at 829 a month which includes hosting and your own free custom domain name go to bandzoogle.com to start your 30-day free trial and be sure to use the promo code MUSICBIZWEEKLY to get 15% off the first year of any subscription. It's Banzoogle.com, promo code MUSICBIZWEEKLY to build your website and EPK today. So we've got a great special guest lined up today. We're going to kind of dive into... It's all been about streaming and digital, and today we're going yeah. old school. Yeah. We're going you can't vinyl. Forget about old school. We're going yeah, vinyl, the pops, the crackle, oh dropping the needle. We're 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 joined by uh Tony Van Veen. Yeah. From Disc Makers, Book Baby, Merchly. So some great insight, some great information, especially around vinyl. I know everybody's out there going, I wanna sell vinyl, I don't know how much it costs, what do I gotta do? We got what the are the end- turnaround times? Yeah, how long is it going to take? We got the answers for you this week on the Music Biz Weekly Podcast. Let it roll. Build a stunning band website in minutes with Bandzoogle. Go to Bandzoogle.com to start your free 30-day trial and use the promo code MUSICBIZWEEKLY to get 15% off the first year of any subscription. Today we have Tony Van Veen. He is the CEO of DIY Media Group, which helps creators get their content to market. DIY is a parent company of disc manufacturer, Disc Makers, which I'm sure you've heard of, book publishing platform, Book Baby, and merch provider, Merchly. Welcome to our show today, Tony. Thanks for having me. Thanks Glad for joining us. Thanks for joining us. So 
Um, why don't you take a couple minutes here and give us just an overview of all these different different companies that you've got under your umbrella here. As as Jay said, and I can't imagine there isn't anybody out there that's not familiar with disc makers. I mean, they've been around. And it, is it safe to say pre-internet or like oh per, way way, way before? Yeah, 1946. There we go. Way the company yeah. was uh, was was built to or founded to press 78 RPM shellac discs. <laughs> wow. And and over the decades, um, you know, has migrated through every single configuration yeah. of, of the music business from wow. 78s to 45s, which came before the 12-inch album, to 8-tracks, cassettes, CDs, um, and then downloads and streams. And, you know, part of our background... Uh, at one point in time, you know, I negotiated the acquisition of CD Baby from Derek Sivers. Uh, and for 11 years, CD Baby was part of our family. And recently, uh, that was, uh, it was a transaction where CD Baby and Disc Makers were separated again. And, um, and, and so kind of being technology or format agnostic is part of our DNA as, as a company. We've, we've, we never thought we're going to be the last pressing plant or the last CD factory, right? Our business is not to press CDs as much as to help artists get their content to market, whatever gotcha. the format I, is. I, I got to imagine there was a point in time where you were getting pretty worried about, are we going to be the last vinyl pressing out here? <laughs> uh, yeah, and 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 look, there have been times when I've been worried about, you know, are we going to be around, period. I mean, I remember 19... I came on board in 1987. I played in punk rock bands in college and, you know, did our own recording and pressing and, and like, I love that. And I wanted to work in the record business uh, worse than anything else, and and I I was I went to college in Philly. Disc Makers was in Philly, and after I graduated, it was a small regional vinyl pressing plant at the time, and I basically got an entry level job there. When the company was pivoting away from selling kind of low priced commodity record pressing services to record labels, who were by the way, if you didn't know it, really tough clients because they want the lowest price and the best service. Right. And then they want to stretch you out as long as possible before they pay. And they you. want it right. delivered tomorrow. <laughs> that's how they. That's yeah. how they made all their money. <laughs> exactly. I get it. So so system. so this was this was mid to late eighties, and you know it was as kids like me were starting to figure out and be able to afford to do their own recordings because thanks to technology, you know, mixing boards had come, you know, started to go from the size of a mattress to something that you know fit on a desk. And companies like Mackie were revolutionizing, you know, uh, audio recording equipment and speakers, you know, to a budget that allowed home and project studios to crop up. And so there was a whole kind of new nascent generation of artists starting to figure out, oh, maybe I could do this myself and I don't have to keep getting rejections of my demos by labels time yeah. and time again. Right. How and so that was the, that was the start of kind of the modern era of designers. So how has your business been affected, if at all, by uh, the industry lately, the troubles they've had with direct shot and some of those? Are, is it still mainly DIY or, or are some of these indie labels and artists coming to you for help with the struggles that they've had with direct shot? So our, our, our corporate entity, kind of the, it's a whole company, but I mean, we, we, you know, this is us just kind of the registration on the corporate documents 
we're called DIY Media Group for a reason, right? Because mm -hmm. we deal primarily with content creators and not just musicians, also with authors, uh, sure. also with filmmakers, uh, but primarily with musicians who want to get their content out to market. And so things like Direct Shot, most of our clients who, who end up putting out their own product are not necessarily getting traditional, they're not getting traditional distribution through direct shot. They more frequently go through a CD baby, um, you know, who will stock a small quantity of their physical product uh, and add on the digital distribution to all the streaming sites that artists need nowadays. Now we did get between direct shot and, um, you know, uh, two months ago, uh, probably the largest independent remaining independent record plant in the country called cda uh just suddenly shut its doors and um you know there's like four there were four or five major independent cd and dvd manufacturing plants all the majors sony universal warner uh have shut down effectively their own disc manufacturing facilities to the extent that they had them over the last few years. And most of that major content is actually manufactured offshore today uh, or offshore across the border, much of it in Mexico. And, um, but some of it gets sprinkled out to some of, the, some of the other plants that are left in the country. But there's only like three or four large plants left. And so we did get some labels coming to us from that when all of a sudden from one day to the next, their plant shut the doors uh, asking, hey, do you have pressing capacity? Which, you know, I mean, the optical disc and, you know, it continues to be a product that is just kind of gradually declining. Sure. And uh, so, you know, we had some pressing capacity and we're happy to, uh, you know, to get get that work in. Let's 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 focus in on vinyl here. Um <laughs> You know, I, as I'm sitting here next to a, a wall of like a thousand vinyl LPs from from the 70s and growing up, you know, there's it, it was one of those formats where it was the foundation of the business. And then when CDs hit and then digital, it, it was almost like, you know, slit to the throat for vinyl. And it just, you know, for I think we all were like, OK, it's just it's gone. But it's made a resurgence. Yes. It's made. Yeah, I, I it's been making a huge resurgence. <laughs> I don't know when in in the technology evolution of any technology in any product in any industry this has ever happened. Where you know the the, the product goes from some old format to some newer, more efficient, higher quality format to you know a, a kind of a digital version. And then all of a sudden, a 50-year-old uh, technology I, kind of surges back up again out of nowhere. Yeah, like you know, I, I, I'm sure we can all relate to this, but I remember like listening to radio stations in the late 80s when it was a big deal that a radio station got a CD player. We're playing this next track off of compact disc for you. They made a big deal out of the format that yeah. this was better quality than the Crosstown station had. And now, fast forward to 2019, and I'm hearing radio stations going, this next track is coming to you on vinyl. We're <laughs> dropping the needle on this one on vinyl. And I'm just like, that's just crazy, as you said, to see that 
pendulum completely come back around. Now, I, I got to tell you, I, I'll, I'll admit, um, I'm not an audiophile. I'm not a purist. I'm a pragmatist. And I, 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 I don't really, I, I, I can't say I buy the, the hype that the vinyl sounds so much better than anything else. To me, the compact disc still sounds sounds best. There's no pops. There's no ticks. There's a much wider dynamic range. But there are vinyl, and and frankly, on most consumer stereos with consumer turntables, you probably can't hear much of a difference, if any. But there are certainly aficionados who have a legitimate claim and a legitimate case that the vinyl warmth is there. Much of the vinyl that's released nowadays, by the way, comes off of a digitally recorded master, right? It starts as a digital product. And then during the lacquer cutting process, you know, it, it, it goes to analog. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a lot of hype around vinyl, but the, the fact of the matter is when it comes to DIY and indie music, it's, it's more important than it is, you know, if you look at the actual numbers, it's making a resurgence, but it's still kind of a rounding error, right? It's up 9.6% year over year. It's still less than 8 million out of 350 million in the U.S. So let's not get crazy about vinyl, but with the stuff that you do and the stuff that we do, a lot of the DIY and indie stuff, it's very important. And it's not about sound quality. It never has been, at least for these guys. It's about the experience of listening to vinyl is so different. You it's have to ritual. be engaged. It's you a ritual, that on. right? Yeah, yeah you, you've, but you've got that 22 minutes. you got to flip it. So you put it on your turntable. Now you're engaged. You can't just run off and leave it in the background, right? So you're engaged with the music. You're looking at the liner notes. And yeah, they come with download cards if you want to do that. And you can always go to your streaming service. But I'm finding my friends that are really into music, they love that vinyl experience because it's so tactile, you know, yeah. and you can actually read the liner notes for us old guys. It's pretty cool. No, I, 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 I absolutely agree. And, and that's a big part of the appeal um, is kind of the ritual and the feel and the smell and the act of yeah. and the stylus on the record. And, and that's part of the romance. To me, that part of that is just the pendulum has swung so far to digital and owning nothing that yeah. this is a bit of the pendulum kind of swinging back past the middle to say yeah. you know what this old stuff is actually kind of cool and 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 not not as archaic and bad as i agree as it's it's, it's there's nothing really super sexy about having access to music to me it's nothing. great that if you know michael has say, hey have you heard this band i can immediately get it like on my phone anywhere that's pretty cool but if i'm invested into a band and this kind of brings back to what you do you know i want to have that thing as a souvenir from the show or something i can hold on to and, and the other part of your business that i think is really interesting is the merchly uh the merchly side has that been affected by the demise of pledge music at all i keep seeing a lot more email like kind of ecrm stuff from merchly it seems to be they're they're very regular and they're very well done is that part of this strategy so here uh, you know the, the merch the merchly piece specifically was driven by the fact that over the past five years with the demise of physical being sold in 
and particularly CDs being sold in kind of the big box stores and being relegated to the mom and pop and independent record labels like vinyl. We are seeing more and more products that we manufacture being sold, even though it's available on CD Baby and on Amazon, the actual transaction dollars are at the merch table. And so we took a look and we said, wait a minute, our product is already a merch product. It's a disc, but it's a merch product. Right. What's going on in the merch space? And do we have an opportunity to add value for artists by getting into the merch business? And, and frankly, when I looked at the merch space, you know, I saw... Uh, you know, uh, on-demand vendors like Zazzle selling shirts for $18 a shirt, right? right and right. and I'm like, how is an artist supposed to make money with that? And we come from a from a from a space where you know we sell a disc for a dollar, and we see the artist make selling it for ten dollars, and the artist makes most of the margin. And so we're like, that's what we need to do and figure out: can we offer this kind of a limited palette? So we're we're not really the guy. When the Who goes on tour, you know, that they're going to come with their full color shirts and they're going to order 5,000 shirts. That's not us. We are targeted, just like with our disc manufacturing services, to the DIY artist who needs 50 shirts, who needs 100 shirts. And so, you know, for five or six bucks, you can get 50 or 100 shirts, you know, black right. rock and roll shirts with your logo, your printing on it. And you can sell them for 20 and you make... 75% yeah. margin on your merch. So that's the big difference, with- Tony. That's a big difference. And you said it and it's in the name of your company. It's a, who you're targeting as your, um, your customer, because if you go to some of those other places you named, you know, a cafe press or Zazzle or some of those things, that's if you want to get one shirt made for your dad or something, you know, or of your artwork. But if you're a working musician and you're going to need these things, that's how I found it so compelling because the pricing I, I hadn't seen. I think the last one I saw, they were like $5 a shirt or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And that's super reasonable for low runs like right. that. 50 shirts, $4.99 yeah. a piece. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's great. Talk about um, Book Baby a little bit. Um, when someone writes their own book, they can go to you and have it created just like you would uh, an album right is what, what's kind of in involved in that does it have to be you know in a certain format you know just like audio you know you have to deliver the file formats and the metadata and the album art in certain formats how does it work with a book our, our dna comes from uh kind of an outlook that we know how this works and we're the experts and we've gotten really good at working with a bunch of clients, whether they're musicians or authors, who have never done this before. So we take a process that wants to be complicated, and it's it's really a custom manufacturing process or a custom printing process, and we kind of productize it where it looks like, oh, I'm buying 100 books, right? And so we have experts. What All you need is a Microsoft Word doc and an idea for a cover and depending on how much or how little you have many authors give us finished graphics with cover design and layout of the whole book others give us a microsoft word doc and we format it and we design the cover and then whatever the author needs ebooks printed books hardcover soft cover print on demand that allows them to sell through amazon and bookstores around the world on demand um 
plus select marketing services, editing services, etc. So trying to create a one-stop for the author, just like the disc business, basically, you know, when, when we had disc makers, we had CD Baby, where if you need physical, you need digital, you need ways to monetize your music. Every piece of your music IP rights that you own, we would help you monetize easily from one from one place, from one dashboard. And uh, we do the same for authors. Can you do bundles? Like uh, if somebody wants to have, you know, uh, a disc made, a book made, merch made, um, can you do bundles for some of these DIY artists or is it all just kind of separate companies, separate transactions under your umbrella? The answer is yes, yes and yes. Uh, they are, you know, we can, we can obviously do all three, but, you know, each brand is kind of optimized from a selling and quoting perspective under gotcha. its own kind of vertical. And so they have their own quota. Gotcha. Um, but, you know, we're, we're happy to work with, with artists or, or authors. I, I have suggested to artists with, you know, more fans saying now, well, I, I don't really have where to play a CD anymore. I have, we have done some, some books for some artists that are really cool, you know, artists that have, you know, 25 year history and they go back and they put copies of their flyers and pictures from their tour and, and writing some stories, et cetera. And it's almost like a scrapbook, but it's professionally printed and they sell it at their gigs and they autograph it. And, um, and it's a really cool merch item actually, you know, for, for the yeah. super fan, uh, to get out. Many artists are like, well, I, I'm not really a writer. I'm not really an author. It kind of scares them off a little bit because putting together a, even a 50 page book, um, you know, takes, takes some work and it can feel rather daunting, but, um, you know, it's, it's, we, we try to make it, uh, make it pretty easy. You know, yeah. you, 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 you touched briefly on, you know, how music is, is a merch item and that's why you went further down the merchly route. Um, and, and as somebody who, again, is a big, I'm not, a, I wouldn't classify myself as an audiophile. I love vinyl, but it's more of the time it represents, the period for me, all of that stuff. Any day of the week, I'll take Spotify because instant access to 30 million songs, it's there when that urge hits me. But I look at vinyl as purely a merch table item now. So when I want to support a band and I'm tired of a closet filled with, 150 black t-shirts um you know i'll go spend the 25 bucks to buy your vinyl album i'll never play it i'm you know i'm gonna i'm listening to your music on spotify yeah but yeah. it's sort of my collectible it's my merch item that i it's can like display a it's a souvenir and is 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 that where you're seeing a lot of resurgence in vinyl as well? That it's becoming a a sought after just collectible item. Oh, ab absolutely! But the CD is that as well, right? I mean, I remember my kids. My like they're in their mid twenties now, but you know, my kids have never had never bought any physical product. They've never bought any CDs. And then one day when you know they're in high school, juniors in high school, and my daughter comes home, uh, uh, you know, is home, and I, I'm in her room one afternoon and I see a CD sitting on her desk and I'm like, what, what is this? And she's like, Oh dad, I went to this concert. Look at this, the band autographed it. So the, the CD and the vinyl have become a souvenir. They've become a memento. 
And particularly, and I always tell DIY artists this, right? After your set, you have to go to your merch table Absolutely. and you have to autograph because yeah. you're not selling CDs for $10. You're selling autographs for $10. The experience. Right. right. Yeah. Right. And then and then the fan has a great experience because they can go back. I mean, if you if you then blow up, they can go back and say, hey, I knew them way back when. Look at this. I met I met the artist, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, so that's it, it, you're absolutely right. I've seen some stat, and I don't know whether it's true or not. Uh, but you might have heard this as well that as much as fifty percent of the vinyl yeah. that is sold, the polywrap is never yeah. taken off. I, I've read that too. Uh, count you know, me people, in on that. People want to have it in in their offices, up on the shelf, to show how cool they are that they went to that show. I've got a bunch of these, you know, framed uh, on my wall here, and never been opened. You yeah. know, to your point, it's or they were opened and signed and then, you know, put up there. But but that's OK, too. Right. The, these things, you know, this whole DIY thing, merch has become so important uh, to artists. Yeah. Right. Whether it's the disc, whether it's, you know, vinyl, uh, a book, if they have it or T-shirts or whatever. And it's for a touring musician now, if you're not bringing these products to your to your shows and you're not signing afterwards, you're missing out on not only the revenue, but as you touched on that experience and that relationship with your fans. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's incredibly valuable. It's incredibly important to build that relationship, especially if you're an emerging artist, right? And, and, and you're trying to, you're trying to build that fan base and you're trying to make the fans, you know, feel, feel like they're, they're important. Can can you talk a little bit to the vinyl um, pressing manufacturing process? I had a client that released a new album three or four years ago, and they were considering doing vinyl until they realized that if they wanted the vinyl album ready for the release to coincide with the CD and the digital, <laughs> you had a six-month lead time to manufacture vinyl, and it's like, he wasn't even done in the studio six months before the, the, the release date. So, you know, what, what's the process? I, I, I've heard this from other people, too, that there's a much longer lead time to manufacture vinyl. What's that attributed to? That has less to do with how long the actual pressing take and more to do with just scarcity of scarcity capacity, capacity yeah. and an excess of demand. And by the way, that has... That has shrunk that turn time has shrunk significantly at this point in time um but uh, i mean think back six or seven years ago when vinyl started coming up there were no vinyl had there were maybe two pressing plants in the country united in nashville um and rainbow in la and maybe one uh, one or two others uh that were still pressing vinyl at a very low level and all of a sudden, demand starts surging. These plants start filling up. And a bunch of entrepreneurs and vinyl lovers uh, start scurrying around in warehouses and basements for where can we find old vinyl presses that we can rehab. And so a, a bunch of these new plants, and, and there's dozens of plants now in the country. Uh, many of them only have like two presses, but they are... You know, they're using old 60 year old rebuilt presses. And um, as as the, the, the demand continued to grow, 
all these plants were quickly overwhelmed. I mean, one of the biggest vinyl providers is in the Czech Republic, and they're flying records over to the United States. You can figure what that's got to cost yeah. for freight, right? And and they're one of the biggest providers of, of pressings in, in, in the country here. And and so a couple of years ago, some brilliant guys up in Toronto designed a brand new automated final record press, and um, they are selling them. And some, so that has helped some plants get up to speed. Uh, and so what has happened now is uh, you're seeing kind of, you know, curves that, that are crossing each other, right? The, the vinyl capacity in the industry is increasing. increasing and demand is not decreasing, but the demand growth curve is starting to flatten, right? There was six years, I think, successive 35% per year vinyl revenue growth. And now it, then it went down to, I think, 17, and I don't know what the number is now. You said nine point something. I, I, don't, yeah. I don't remember exactly. But so what That's that has US, had yeah. as a result is turn times that had been as long as six months went down to three months, you know, 12 weeks, and then to 10 weeks, and then to eight weeks. We're delivering oh, wow. vinyl in seven weeks at this point in time. And... Um, you know, we have some processes and we're hoping to work to get that down to six weeks and then to five weeks. Because one of the challenges for independent DIY artists is exactly what you were talking about. And and here's here's the challenge, right? An artist, we talk to artists. For starters, if I'm an artist and I want something physical, I'm a DIY artist and I want something physical to sell, you can buy 100 CDs, finished, packaged, completely printed, professional digipack, shrink wrap for Two bucks a pop, right? So you're at two hundred dollars. You have a hundred rec- a hundred CDs, or a thousand CDs cost you ninety cents a piece, right? And then, so for nine hundred bucks, you get a thousand CDs. Now you want vinyl, but you don't know how many people are going to actually buy the vinyl. So right. you're like, let me get the minimum order. That's two hundred. How many do two does two hundred vinyls cost with jackets and everything, with all the processing that goes into it? Seventeen, eighteen hundred dollars. So now that's yeah. $9 a record and you're out $1,800 and the artist is like, wait a minute, I can get $900, I can have 1,000 CDs, $1,800, I get 200 vinyls. And oh, by the way, I can get my CDs in five days and I got to wait 10 weeks for the vinyl and I don't want to wait that long to do my release party. All right, yeah. my, the, excite, the excitement over my new release could be... <laughs> dead and buried by the time the well, vinyl shows up. So, so it doesn't make sense to release the vinyl eight weeks after you've had your release party and you sold some CDs and your product is out on Spotify, right? So the only viable alternative is then let's wait another 10 weeks until we have our record release. And they don't want to wait. They want to get the stuff out to market because once you're an independent artist, certainly, you know, look, record labels plan things out. But artists, one, once they've done, they're done recording, this master is burning a hole in their pockets and they yep. just want to get it on Spotify and they want to get it out. So getting it on Spotify takes 48 hours. They can have CDs in a week. So they're like, all right, let's wait till the, or two weeks, right? So let's wait. We'll have the CDs. We'll get it on Spotify at the same time. Let's roll. But they don't want to wait another eight weeks for the vinyl to be ready. Right. And so between that and the price, which is expensive. And there's a reason that vinyl is expensive. And yeah. that is, it is a it is an involved process with expensive components, cutting lacquers, 
making metal stampers. And then, by the way, it's a highly inefficient manufacturing process, right? A CD, when we mold CDs, it, a machine spits out a CD every three and a half seconds. A CD spits out, uh, uh, a machine spits out a vinyl record every 35 to 40 seconds. So on a good day, you only get 70 records, 80 records tops per hour out of one vinyl press. That's not a lot of throughput. No, that isn't. Right. When you think about right. the demand that's out there. So, yeah. so you need a bunch of presses. And, and so because the throughput is so slow, it becomes an expensive process. And there's many steps involved. And the jackets are expensive. And so on and so forth. And so artists are like, wait a minute, it's going to take a long time. It's going to be expensive. Yeah, plus getting it to the... I'd love to have it, but I can't justify it. And, 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 so, right? and then, then the whole shipping of vinyl, I mean, come on. I, you know, I, I know from moving 1,000 vinyl albums, they're not light. They're not easy right. to pack. They're not easy to move. And they're fragile. You know, you can't. You can throw a box of CDs in your trunk. You know, you on a hot day, and you'll be fine. You you put some vinyl oh. in your your car, you're you're in trouble. This, it's this has it's happened, expensive right? to ship. Uh, you know, we're in Philly, and uh, you know, if 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 in August, you know, I put five hundred perfectly flat vinyl records on a truck to California, and they arrived there seven days later, and they drove through the heartland, you know, in <laughs> a yeah. heat wave they may not all be flat this has happened where yeah. you know the records that you know they arrive warped uh because vinyl is a soft pliable product the, the, and, thus and the it, old it term melts. breakage yeah. yeah so so it's so so it's it's real it's actually really unfortunate and i've looked at this coin in many ways like how can i take cost out of this process uh, and time out of this process so DIY artists who are dying to get vinyl can actually get it in large quantities. And I have the, the process just does not, from where I sit, does not allow this. Do, 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 you, do you think the price, and, and yes, it is expensive, but as a consumer, I mean, you just explained to me why I'm spending $40 for a double vinyl album from my favorite artist, but I've sort of been conditioned right or wrong that that's just vinyl is going to cost me 25 bucks for a single 40 for a double um that's just it i'm 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 accepting that now the turnaround time to deliver the product is definitely something i could see um you know a lot of people wanting that reduced well what's holding artists back from doing this doing vinyl in larger numbers is the doubt in their own mind yeah, they don't know the whether demand. they're going to get their eighteen hundred dollars back. That it they're going to sell them, through them, sure. Right? Will they sell enough records at twenty five bucks? Bigger to, investment. You know, will will they sell a hundred records, right, or eighty records? Now it's only eighty records that you got to sell to get your eighteen hundred dollars back, right? So, uh, but will they do that? They don't know, and so they're like, ah, yeah, let's just do some CDs. Yeah. Um, or, or by the way, you know, the cassette nowadays is coming back. Oh too. my God! I, I, it and, kills me when I read those stories. And, and, the cassettes so are I, making a resurgence. I, I had this this guy years ago. I was at a conference, and this kid hands me a cassette, and uh, I'm like, 
dude, you just guaranteed I am not going to listen to your music. Uh, but but believe it or not, the cassette the cassette resurgence is real. But I wanted to actually show you this because this is actually cool. We have these cassette USBs, and the what I love about the cassette USB is, and and it doesn't just have to be a cassette. We also have what we what we call this USB music card, which is you know it's a little card that has graphics, which is important, and it flips open and it becomes a USB drive. Nice. And the cool thing with USB, as we all know what a USB is, it's it's just storage, it's just memory. So you can put all your music on there. You can put video, you can put PDF docs, you can, you can put pictures, you know, and, and so it, it's an ultimate kind of super fan opportunity to get access. If you as an artist are kind of creative with what you piece together and how you do it. What's the capacity on that little card? Uh, it depends. Uh, Could we you can, put a full we, album? Full album. We can get up to 32 gigs on the hard drive. But that card, that, that last kind of credit yeah, card same. shaped one? Yeah. Up to 32 gigs. That's so crazy. you can put your whole music catalog. You know, we had a client years ago. This, this actually predates streaming. That's how old the story is. But it's still, um, it's, I, I think there's still a lesson in it. Uh, this client, Brian Mazzaferi, he had a band called I Fight Dragons. And it was kind of a semi-famous story where he decided 15 years ago to do a premium experience for fans on a USB. And he bought 200 USBs. And he decided, and he offered fans, for, you can buy one of these USBs for $200. And you ever think, $200 for a USB? And Again, remember this pre-day streaming. For $200, you were going to, if you had a USB, you were going to get on the USB all the music he had ever recorded. You were also guaranteed to get all the music he would ever record. And if you took one of these USBs to any of his concerts ever, you got in for free. Wow. Wow. And Lifetime pass. This, this thing, so this thing was so hot. He sold out of 200, i.e. 40 grand in 48 hours to, to the extent that PayPal actually temporarily shut him down because they thought there was some kind of fraud going on on his account. So it goes to show the point here is not just USBs. You can do a lot of cool stuff with them. But if you're creative as an artist and you come up with something that has real value to the fan, they're prepared to spend and they're prepared to spend no doubt. Yeah. Tony, Tony, let me ask you. I mean, most most DIY artists know what they have to do for a digital release. They know the file formats. They know the, as Jay said, the metadata. They know what they need for uploading to their distributor. If somebody wants to do vinyl, I would venture to say most DIY artists have never done vinyl before. What do you have to do? Is there anything different that you have to prepare that you have to organize to do a vinyl pressing? The difference is in the mastering. So as an artist, you're not going to record something different in the recording studio and make something different in the recording studio for vinyl than you do for digital release. Uh, but vinyl has physical limit limitations. It, it, you know, if there's too much bass or too much volume on a vinyl record, uh, in the way the grooves are cut, it can actually cause the needle to skip. 
Uh, and so uh, what a lot of musicians don't know is frequently when you're doing the, the mastering and the lacquer cutting for vinyls, they're actually attenuating the bass down somewhat. And, the, and then the recording levels and the dynamic range, which, you know, from super quiet to super loud in digital is a huge dynamic range. Uh, you, you don't get that level of dynamic range on a vinyl record. And so the mastering is a process that is different for vinyl that really there's some tweaking that's involved. Whereas on the digital side, it's whatever your file is, let it rip. Do you right? got, Will you guys do the mastering if, if somebody says, here's my wave files that... It's included are, in, 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 it, in the package. It's included that, that we, you will, you will that we, remaster it for vinyl. Okay. We will we will do the custom vinyl mastering and and all the other steps. So and and most any other plant nowadays will as well. I mean, you know, we we live in a digital era. We actually, I'm not sure of, of the vinyl clients that we have. If any of them do their original tracking on open reel to really, you know, I'm sure most of them, none of them probably do um, to really get that hundred percent analog kind of chain of custody right they start with a digital recording they actually upload it to us and then from there we run it through analog gear and uh and we cut the lacquers and then from there make the stampers and gotcha. get the test press so. yeah now now when when you when you do that creating the lacquers and all that type of stuff and suppose they a year from now want to do another thousand has the cost been reduced because you can reuse some of this stuff that you had prepared yes. initially? Yes, the reorder pricing is uh, somewhat lower because we don't have to cut new lacquers, though we frequently do have to reorder stampers. Um, gotcha. And, you and stampers, are good. So many stampers are good stamper. for about a thousand records. That's, okay. um, and and do, you, do you store the stampers and the lacquers in your, in, in your facility on behalf of the artist, or is that something that you send back to them and they've got to take care of? Once stampers have been made from the lacquers, the lacquers are destroyed. Like the process of making stampers and peeling the stampers off the lacquer okay. destroys the lacquer itself. So gotcha. that gets recycled. Um, the stampers are stored for a certain period. Now, and, and, the, the, and honestly, I'm not quite sure. I believe it's a year um, because there are quite a few titles because we're dealing with DIY artists that don't reorder. Yeah, they'll and never so reorder. at some point in time, we, we run out of space. And so we, we have a time period of, I think it's a year that we hold on to, to the stampers. And then things like the label art and the, and the, the jacket art, I mean, that, we store that digitally forever. And we yeah. do keep a digital copy of the client's master. And, yeah. and the stampers have uh, you know, a, a, a mother um, that the stampers are made off of that we keep as well so that we can always create more stampers if more reorders are necessary. I, gotcha. I imagine a lot of people are thinking vinyl is just that black vinyl LP, but do you guys offer color vinyl, the ability to do picture discs? Will you do 45 RPMs? All kinds of custom stuff, yes. Uh, there is demand for that. Now, most of that, again, that, that increases the price. Sure. And so most of that demand comes from labels. Vinyl, the, this whole vinyl resurgence in the U.S. is driven by and large by labels, not by the DIY artists. Because the labels know, labels are, are businesses, and they know that fans will pay. And so, um, so, so, so they do that investing um, 
and it's just part of the overall mix for the label of you know we got streaming we got cds we got vinyl and let's here's a release let's figure out how many we're going to do and we're just going to do it um for the diy artists again they're frequently very budget sensitive so for us the vast majority of what we do is straight up black sure sure just let me let me ask you a little bit just we haven't talked a lot about books what two two quick questions for you one I'm a big fan of, you know, the tour program and, and I'm a big fan of these uh, kind of uh, song books that people are doing with the chords and charts and tablature and lyrics and things like that I'm seeing at merch tables now. What, if someone were to create a book, what's, we know what the turnaround time is for a CD now and we know what vinyl is. What's kind of the turnaround time for a book? Once the the files and the proof that we create for the author is approved. It's about five working days. It's about a week typically to print the books. That's not uh, bad. But, but, but what we see is the, what we call the pre-approval stage can take several weeks, right? Depending on how, what kind of shape the design files are in when we get them and the proofing process. And, and frankly, and I'm sure you've experienced this yourself, uh, having been a client for some of these processes, once you send somebody approved, they start noticing mistakes that were there, right? That the typos that they had submitted, et cetera. And so frequently we'll go through a second round of proofs, sometimes a third round of proofs. And so depending on how good the Understood. files are when we get them, yeah. you know, it could be a couple of days or it could be weeks. Sometimes it's months. I mean, we have, we have clients where we send, it. we send them a proof, and they're like, oh, I got to rewrite this. <laughs> right. Know, and it, it and it's got to be routed. I yeah. Look, I know that can take some time. Are there different configurations? Like, can you do like magazine style things? Can you do soft cover, hard cover? I don't Absolutely. know the book industry very well, but I would imagine there's other quote unquote configurations. So we have, you know, we have kind of uh, followed what we colloquially call uh, for, for most all of our brands, certainly for disc makers, for Book Baby, the Baskin-Robbins model. There's 31 flavors, right? And, <laughs> like and so long as you stick with the 31 flavors, on the CD side, that would be, you know, jewel case, digipack, wallet, uh, yeah, jacket, yeah. And, and then some permutations, four panel, six panel, et cetera. And then on the books, it's the same thing. Different trim sizes, hardcover, softcover, all the popular formats. If you stick with the 31 flavors it's easy it's fast it's efficient if you want flavor 32 <laughs> you're gonna pay and it's gonna take longer i like that because it's custom right and and there's going to be some where if you want 200 of something and it's a custom thing we're going to say you know what sorry we're not going to be able to do that um but but so again we are geared to the diy artist and so We've we've set up our plant, our equipment, uh, and our product line in such a way that it's as affo as affordable as possible for the DIY artist or author to get these services and get these products from us. There are other plants and other companies, brokers, resellers that specialize in kind of the bespoke packages. These packages that win packaging awards, custom gatefold jackets, and 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 custom color and vinyls and 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 stuff that that is you know special order box sets like super beautiful stuff 
that a DIY artist would never really pay for or have the resources to design. And, and those companies work primarily with the labels. And so, you know, we, we kind of consciously, because we focus so narrowly on a, a certain client group that tends to be underserved by everybody else, um, you know, we, we, we limit some of our product offerings sure. to some extent yeah. Uh, yeah. for that market. Yeah, man, this has been super fascinating, Tony. So, 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 Tony, where where can where can our listeners, the DIY artists out there, where do they go online to uh, get more information on all of this? Discmakers is at discmakers.com. Uh, that's CDs, vinyl, USBs, promo posters, you name it. Do you do eight uh, tracks, eight track tapes? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no no and we no. we actually we we do get some requests for regular cassettes uh, and we don't do them either there there there's i think one plant left in the country that does cassettes and they actually make their own cassette tape because you can't sure. buy it commercially. I, I i remember just a quick side note maybe you remember this jay i remember a few years ago one of cheap tricks new albums they released it on eight track format for no other purpose then they could come out and say, we have the best-selling eight-track in the country, <laughs> even if they only sold five of them because they knew nobody else was doing it. Yeah, yeah. that's funny. Yeah. So that uh, Merchly, uh, you know, the, the Merch, the T-shirt brand, uh, that's merch.ly. Uh, so www.merch.ly. Uh, and then BookBaby is bookbaby.com. Awesome. Fantastic. Thank this you, has Tony. been super educational, uh, Tony. This is uh, really interesting stuff. And uh, it sounds like you've been doing it for a long time and you have a passion for it. And we love that. I, I have and I do. I'm, a, I'm, I'm one of the few folks uh, I know who's only been employed at one place my whole career. That's yeah, a rarity. Not that really I've had many jobs. I've had many jobs. But, uh, and there's been yeah. many brands. But uh, and and I love it because, you know, uh, and, and, you know, the kind of the funny thing. And I know we're trying to wrap this up. The, I was an artist 30 years ago. Right. And, and the advice that I give artists today is almost identical to, you know, the, and, and the questions I get from artists today, like, hey, what do I got to do to make it right? Uh, you know, how do I how do I build my mailing list? All these kind of things. The same they're the same today as they were 30 years ago. The, the industry is completely different. The technology is completely different. There's no physical product needed anymore. And yet the artists are still asking the, the same basics questions. are the exactly. same. And exactly. I, I think that's, that's where we as a company and where I as an individual can add some value by helping kind of direct artists in, in the right direction. Well, I think you just set up our, our return of you on the podcast. I, I think we know what that show is going to be about. All right, I'll talk to you next week <laughs> or later T today. Tony, thank you so much for Thanks joining so much, us. Tony. This was this was great. Thank you, gentlemen. I really enjoyed it, and uh, look forward to listening to it myself. Maybe I'll pick up a couple. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Tony. Great conversation. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I loved kind of getting the insight into the vinyl manufacturing, just because I I don't recall. On the podcast since it started, if we've ever talked to anybody about vinyl. Yeah. And it's just one of those things where I know, and I'm sure you, most clients don't have a clue. They want to do it, but they just, yeah. 
they don't know the cost. They don't know the lead times. They don't know anything right. related. And to it's changing, it. right? I mean, the lead times, he just talked about how they've changed. If you ask somebody today, how long does it take to turn around vinyl? They'll say six months because last year it took six months. Right. And now he's saying it's much less. Well, this has been pretty educational. Now you know how long it takes to turn around a CD versus vinyl and, and even a book. But I, I found it really fascinating. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It, it It's just, it's something that I've got a passion about. Yeah. And like I said, I just want it as a collectible. Yeah. I don't even That's, take the shrink wrap off. I don't even listen yeah. to them because frankly, you know, and the audio files will be screaming as I say this. Uh, there's no, you you can't tell me vinyl is a better sound quality than a CD because CD it's is different. Sound it's, it's a different sound. Exactly, it's different. You know? And I think people, it's so subjective. But you know, I've been on panels where people from mastering labs have been QAing things and see if they could tell the difference between different bit rates. We can't, people. We just, we, we really can't. I mean, sure, there's some studio engineers that can, but the bottom line with vinyl is. Last year, I bought a really nice turntable and some really nice speakers because I was listening to test pressings for some of my clients. And now I've gotten to the point where I'm buying more vinyl, just of my favorite albums. And when you put it on, man, you can't go too far away. No, know, no, that, that's, that's the that's the aside or whatever. It, it, it is, exactly. Right? I mean, that's the one thing about vinyl where you know I always get into it. I'm just like. Yeah, let's you you take your favorite vinyl LP and play it in your car and on the beach, and I'll take my iPhone and play that same album on the car and the beach. Let's yeah. see who's got a better experience. <laughs> exactly. Vi vinyl is for coming home, a set space, a set environment. Yeah. You're like, tell the kids to leave dad alone. I'm listening yeah. to an album for the next 35 minutes and Right, either that or it's the souvenir that you talked about that you go to the merch table and you get your favorite band to sign it and you can put it up on your wall and yep. it's and there's nothing wrong with that. No, there there isn't. So I and I think that's that's what bands have to think. It's it's not necessarily you're creating something that's for musical consumption. You're creating something for a it's a, a, merch. a memory merch piece. merch piece and it could be yeah. no different than a poster, an 8x10 or a t-shirt. Right. Um and and the interesting thing is, you know, yeah, you could sell a a double vinyl album for forty, forty five, fifty dollars. Your Uber fans will do it. Your Uber I know, fans because I'm do one it. of them. Yeah, you know, like I said, I'm right or wrong. I'm conditioned. I just know vinyl is going to cost me that much, whether yeah. it should or it shouldn't. Yeah. It is. Right. Um, so there you go. Another episode of the Music Biz Weekly podcast brought to you by fine folks at Hypebot, bands in town, and Bandzoogle. Yeah. Do us a favor, give us a subscribe on YouTube, a review and a rating on iTunes would be greatly appreciated. We'll see you next week.